there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Support for Born Ready to Pod is presented by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. This product is near and dear to my heart. Listen, fellas, if you're listening right now, I got I got to break some news to you. I just, I just got to tell you straight up, it's not cool to have pubic hair. And if you do, you're kind of gross. I mean, it's 2020 now. Not that that matters at all. You've been inside. But if you want to go outside, if you want to experience the world, if you want to experience a woman's touch, you're going to need to shave your balls, my friend. The third generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. I mean, this thing's got a light. You want to be delicate down there. You want to see what you're doing. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is going to help you do that. Here's what you do. Get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 oh no! Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready Two Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Here with me, as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. We are recording here directly after the Pacers 125 to 106 win against the Chicago Bulls in the Windy City. The Pacers improved to 2 0 for the first time since the 2013-2014 season, and the Bulls fall to 0-2 on the season. Um, some big, you know, big notes here from the game, and then we'll kind of dive more into uh, everything that happened. But uh, Sabonis with a triple-double, that's pretty big news. 22 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. Uh, TJ Warren had a very, very much struggled in the first game, bounced back this game with 23 points. Uh, Victor Oladipo looked really good out there. 8 of 12 from the field, had 22 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, Malcolm Brockton doing what he does, and then Miles Turner keeping it up with the blocks. He had four blocks tonight. So um, we'll kind of dive into, you know, more of those stats and the bench play tonight. But what were some of the big thoughts you, from you guys on the uh, game tonight, the big win tonight in Chicago? First off, like the Knicks, a little context here. It is the Bulls. And if you're a Bulls fan, you got to be just pissed off. I mean, you went a new direction. You got rid of Garpax. 
And I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf's just an idiot, in my opinion, even though I am a White Sox fan. So they brought back the same team with the Sadoranskis, the Valentines, you know, uh, Levine, you know, Kobe White, you were hoping to make a step mark. This is the same team. They drafted a guy that had never started a college game. And if you're a Bulls fan, you're pissed off. But as a Pacers fan, I love it. I love just beating the shit out of the Bulls. These are teams. These are games we have to win. We're supposed to win. Good teams win. You don't let the Bulls sneak up on you, especially when they're apparently given up already. I mean, they did make a run in the fourth quarter with some bench guys that I, scared me a little. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I loved everything yeah. about the game. Sabonis with the triple doubles, fifth as a Pacer, all the way to up to the end when Cassius Stanley tried to dunk with, with with like 14 seconds left. And I forget who it is for the Bulls, but blocked him. And you got to expect that as a rookie. But I loved everything I saw out there tonight, other than Aaron Holiday, really. So that's my uh, that's my take. Yeah, for me, I, I was very uh, – I was like – there in the fourth quarter. It was uh, it was kind of one of those things where you kind of like stop paying attention as closely and all of a sudden, you know, a couple guys hit a few shots, Pacers take a couple bad shots, and that's the way it is. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're playing the Chicago Bulls. You beat the Chicago Bulls. That's what you got to do. Uh, obviously, it was great having T.J. Warren back, uh, back to his old self, uh, aggressive. He um, – he attacked the rim really well today, and that's what TJ Warren does. He's got to he's got to have that to his game where he's attacking the rim. That's what makes his his fifteen footer, eighteen foot jump shot so deadly. That's where he gets his buckets. Um, he's never really been a big three point shooting guy. I know in the bubble he kind of showed what he had there in terms of shooting, but TJ Warren, great. It's a bonus triple double, awesome. I know in our friends group chat that we have, uh, we told ever or Chris I should say told everybody to bet. Uh, Sabonis over on points and at one point it was not looking great in the first quarter and they started kind of not really talking shit but getting a little apprehensive and we were like just believe in Sabonis believe in what he does he can get the next eight points and no one would bat an eye so um, it was awesome but the guy I want to the guy I want to hit on um, Doug McDermott I mean the first two games of the year you can't ask for anything more out of McDermott he looks like a totally different player attacking the ball. He had a couple of good rebounds. I know sometimes rebounding stats can just be fluff if you actually watch the games and the ball is just kind of sometimes no one even goes for the ball. But uh, McDermott's really come into his own. And I, I know he's a guy that we've we've given a hard time to over the past couple of years and justifiably so. But um, he looks like he's rejuvenated. Um uh, you know, after this coaching change. And um, the only thing I was a little apprehensive about, I know I mentioned this in our group chat, Aaron holiday, buddy, you're going to have to slow down just a tiny bit. I know there'll be games where he looks like a stud star and uh, we're, we're super excited, but it's games like today where he's making mistakes and it's just really, really, really hard. Um, he's got to slow down a little bit, let the game come to him. And against the bulls is, is a team he, he needs to, kind of show what he's got and I, I didn't really feel it today but um Justin Holiday uh 31 minutes um only five points two rebounds two assists but we all know we don't need him to score we need him to shut down opposing wings and uh I was very happy with his performance today so we've set ourselves up two and zero going to Boston and uh let's see what happens yeah another point here off the bench um you know that first quarter I think we were uh, the Pacers were down by one point there at the end of the first. And then uh, that second quarter, that bench unit, along with Sabonis, uh, they scored 39 points in the second half. So uh, just completely blew the, blew the Bulls out of the water in that second half. And that's kind of where the game was decided, or in that second quarter, 
Um, and that's when the game was decided. And a big factor there, uh, not only Sabonis, but also McConnell off the bench, you know, four points. He had three steals um, and eight assists. So uh, led the team in assists tonight off the bench in only 19 minutes of play. Um, definitely, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter what type of offense you're running. You can just plug and play TJ McConnell in there, and he's going to, you know, get guys involved and make plays on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it's apparent that new Nate loves McConnell. And going back to Oladipo, I mean, this is the best game he's played since he's been back, in my opinion. I mean, there might be another game in the bubble I'm forgetting about that he or in the playoffs that I'm forgetting about, but he was shooting the ball well. And when he's driving with that confidence – that's the guy that deserves maybe a new contract. I'm not saying give him the max. I'm not there yet. It is the bulls, but if he plays hard, like we know he plays hard when he's on the, the floor, that's the one thing we can give old Depot through the drama and whatever, when he's out there, other than maybe the bubble last year at times, he, he, in these games that I think matter and to start this year, he looks like he's bought in. So I'm optimistic at this point, but you know, that's something that I feel like it's going to be touched on a lot this season. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I I agree. That was one of my thoughts, too, is, you know, that was kind of the worry going into the season. You know, is he is he going to play, you know, up to his, you know, full potential or is he kind of kind of slack off? And I think what you've seen, obviously, you know, small sample size from two games. I think, you know, we obviously don't know what the future holds, but at least for this season, he looks bought into this team, um, which I mean, obviously he needs to be. He needs to put up numbers if he wants to make money, even if it's not in Indiana next year wherever it may be, um, he's got to buy in and he's got to put up these, you know, decent stats uh, just so he can be, you know, get a well-deserved contract in the offseason. So um, it's definitely one of my thoughts there. And then another thing here I wanted to point out, uh, three-point shots. I think the first first game we were, you know, over 30-something threes. Um, and, you know, in those preseason games, we were shooting only 40 – or only 40, we were shooting over 40. Um, in this game, we only shot 26, and they only hit nine of them. Um, so they shot 35% from three, and they still put up 125 points. So I think 120-something points in the opener, 125 here, you know, in uh, the second game. I mean, completely revamped offense, and, you know, it's the same team from last season. So what you're seeing is – I don't know. It's just it's amazing to see what we could have actually, you know, been able to do the last few years with a coach like this on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, a lot of the principles are still there. I mean, obviously, Sabonis has played out of his mind, which helps against these bad teams. But I've noticed there hasn't been like the lack of production for long times. I mean, the Bulls played us close in the first quarter and maybe we had some bad possessions throughout the game, but it never felt like maybe till the end when they had that 10-0 run. I mean, we had runs of 21 and 18-0 and the offense looked fluid and that's with some key guys, especially on the bench, like holiday, not playing that well. So if we start hitting threes at let's say like a 40% clip in a couple games, like we're going to be able to put up some points and that, and that's going to be, that's going to work towards our favor. So definitely excited about that. Yeah. I think, I think you've mentioned, yeah, we're not shooting threes well, but the breaking news is we're not going to shoot threes well because we're just, that's just not who we are. I mean, Oladipo hit some threes. I, I don't know what he ended up. I know at one point he, I think he was four for four from three, five for five. Okay. So, um, like I said, I was in and out there for a little while. Uh, we had one tree hill going on in the background and some things just take precedence, but, um, 
but sorry, I was just kidding. But anyways, uh, yeah, Oladipo he definitely not, wasn't kidding. No, he wasn't. No, 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 no. That was happening. I was just saying, yeah, I didn't know what he ended up. But Oladipo is just not – he's not a three-point shooter. He can shoot the three, obviously, but he's not a three-point shooter. Warren's not a three-point shooter. Uh, Brogdon's not a natural, just three-point shooter. That's not their game. They can hit the shot, and obviously Turner can hit the shot. Even Sabonis can step out. But if we're relying on the three-point game with the way the team is constructed, it's not going to end well. So I think realistically for us, if we could shoot it, you know, we got to shoot better than we have been. But, I mean – it's just not going to be there. We're, we're going to have to play a little better defense. Um, even though we shut the Bulls down for stretches, they were still getting open shots. They just weren't hitting them. Um, we got we got to batten down the hatches a little bit on the defensive end because the, the, the fact of the matter is we're not going to be one of the 10 best three-point shooting teams uh, in the NBA. Probably not even top half, but we can get there. And I love the offense. That's not to say I don't love them. We got to take the shots. But I think if we're expecting us to hit a bunch of threes, it's just not going to happen. Agreed. Uh, last point here before we move on to the Celtics game. I do want to point out uh, the after timeout plays. I don't know if you guys paid attention to those, uh, at least on two or three different occasions. Um, I mean, just it's night and day compared, you know, from the last couple seasons. Uh, just, you know, uh, completely two or three different plays out of the timeout that, you know, led to a quick bucket within seconds. I mean, that's just going to be so helpful. I mean, obviously this game was a blowout, but like in close games, like those things really matter. And so, I mean, I was very impressed with what I saw, you know, in after those timeouts, those plays that were ran, because it seemed like the Bulls were getting some momentum there for a minute. And, uh, and uh, those after timeout plays, you know, just, Definitely put a dagger in the bulls. Yeah, that try. I know that drives Jake crazy as a coach, but it seems like in the NBA they're just content with getting it in. And a lot of guys, a lot of teams, a lot of times they don't even try to run a play. But guys like Stevens and apparently Bjorkren, they take advantage of that and they realize the value in those plays that you've been running since middle school. I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel by any means. Simple slip screens and cutting to the basket. But you know, it's nice to see us utilizing that for once. Yeah, I mean. I'll tell you, you know, defensively, especially, especially at the older levels, um, a lot of times defenses kind of take those inbounds plays off because so often now it's just get the ball in. How often do you watch a game and like you're on the edge of your seat because you're just going to you're getting ready to yell balls up, balls up because they just throw it in deep into the backcourt. Don't even try to score. It's a great opportunity. Um, If you're if you're a good coach or. you know, sometimes teams can't run out of bounds plays well, but if you're a good coach and you got good players, I mean, the easiest thing in the world to do is score, score quick on inbounds plays. And uh, I get super, super amped up to see coaches, especially Stevens and now Bjorken, Bjorkren. Uh, he's, he's just, he, he looks like a wizard out there calling plays. And if, if he keeps this up, he's going to put us in possession uh, positions to really, do well out of timeouts and really be able to put a lot of pressure on the defense at all times. I got breaking news, everybody. The NBA season is finally back. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. The college football playoff is coming up faster than you think. And they're also playing hockey. That's right, everybody. Gambling is in full effect. And the best way to gamble is with bet online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. So here's what you do. You head to BetOnline today and you use code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's BetOnline, promo code ARMCHAIR, your online sportsbook experts. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move into uh, the Celtics game tomorrow. Uh, back-to-back game for the Pacers here. Uh, the Celtics are 1-1 one and one on the season. Um, they played the Bucks in the first game of the year. Ended up beating them by one point. That was that crazy ending where Tatum hit a three to go ahead. Um, and then uh, Giannis went, I believe, one or two, one of two from the foul line, um, lost them the game by missing that final foul shot. Uh, and then they came back on Christmas Day, played the Nets, and they lost by uh, 28 points to the Nets pretty handily. Um, the Nets are looking really good uh, here in the East. And I'm very, I mean, it's very early, but I really like that pick I had of them coming out of the East for sure. But anyways, uh, Celtics starting five. We got Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Daniel Tice, and uh, Tristan Thompson. So they're going with a big lineup as well. As we know, Kimball Walker's out um, at least till January. Um, and then they got, you know, solid bench players like Jeff Teague. Um, Jeff Teague's a, you know, great fan duel guy. Uh, you can insert him in your lineup and stop, you know, stop. Really right good. There. Really Jesus. good player to insert in your lineup there. So he had anyways. zero points in 21 minutes against the Nets. He he might have used to be a good fan. To Hawk, listen, let me just – I got to say this. I know this isn't a podcast about us, but, but we we take fan duel lineups very seriously. And Chris stood on the table for Jeff Teague, stood on the table, demanded Jeff Teague in the lineup. And at one point in the fourth quarter, I looked up zero points, one assist or two assists and a rebound. And our lineup was so damn good, it's still cash. So that's it. Yeah, that's impressive, though. Now, I wasn't the only one who wanted Teague. He's acting like that's the case. Teague was no, I'm priced, I, Teague was yes, priced, priced fairly. And for the first game, he had like 38 FanDuel points. So it was a solid play. Yeah, it, it really – I mean, we, we all pretty much said, yeah, we got to do it. But I was just pissed. I mean, our lineup – yeah, I mean, our lineup yesterday, minus Teague, we cast with fucking Jeff Teague in the lineup. Like, are you serious right now? <laughs> That's impressive. Yikes. I know. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, Celtics, what are your thoughts? Back-to-back game for Pacers. Celtics have a day off after Christmas. Um, I envision this being a tough game for the Pacers. Not sure if they're going to be able to pull it out. Uh, always have issues playing against the Celtics, but obviously, you know, this is a new coaching staff, so we'll kind of see uh, these two go at it. But what do you guys think uh, of the game coming up Sunday night, Pacers' first back-to-back of the season? Yeah, these next two against the Celtics, you really just want to split them, in my opinion, and winning them both would be the best, obviously. But Stevens is a good coach, and they got a ton of bodies to put on Sabonis. Thompson, Tice, Ojale, Williams off the bench. They got bodies to slow down. Uh, Sabonis. So if I had to guess, that's what they would do. They're going to try to make us beat us, beat them from the three, something we haven't proven we could do. So, you know, hopefully holiday Warren can shoot the ball, you know, old Depot. And if, if those guys can get hot and McDermott continues what he does doing, it's going to be a close game and we should be in it to the very end because, you know, they don't have the most prolific scores outside of Taylor, uh, Tatum and Brown, 
So if you can, either one of those guys have an off night, you're in this game, in my opinion. So it's, it's, it's a game that I think we always play close against the Celtics and, and this new coaching staff and regime has me somewhat excited for this game. So I'm looking to at least be in this game. I've already pinpointed the guy on FanDuel that's probably going to absolutely kill us. Uh, it'll be Jalen Brown. Uh, his game is exactly what we suck at. Um, he's a slasher. He's going to be one. Of, he's just going to have a huge FanDuel game. I know it. He's going to ruin it. Um, I think we'll be okay on Tatum because, you know, a lot of times we're able to take away that first option. Um, but I'll tell you what, right now, Jalen Brown is the matchup problem for us. And this is, this is what scares me about Boston because if Jalen Brown even remotely shoots threes and he hits them, I mean, it really makes it tough on us. I'll be very interested to see. Now I will say for Sabonis and Turner, this is perfect with Tice and Thompson uh, in their starting lineup. But I don't know who's guarding Jalen Brown, boys, because that that's going to be real tough. I, I guess maybe they'll go Oladipo, but holy cow, it's uh, it's just not a good matchup for us, period. Marcus Smart's been playing a lot better. He's been shooting the three really well, and obviously Tatum. Um, it's just they just beat you with wings. This is exactly how I'd build the team, minus Tyson Thompson. I'd have somebody else in there with a little bit more length on the defensive end, but – this is our first test. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I got to say, I obviously small sample size, still two games, uh, but I watched some other game uh, other other day on Christmas. Um, that Peyton Pritchard uh, from Oregon, I thought, you know, obviously made a couple of rookie mistakes, but his game looks pretty smooth off the bench. Yeah, I agree. He came in and gave him some some minutes, and they even mentioned in the broadcast that he was going to take Carson Edwards' minutes, and I know that hurts some of us here listening and recording, but he's definitely a solid late-round pick, and they always seem to draft well and players that they can plug and play. Yeah, so uh, like you said, Hawk, and I completely forgot, so that's going to be a back not back-to-back game, but back-to-back matchups. The Pacers will play uh, the Celtics Sunday night at 8 o'clock, and then follow up. They travel to Boston on Tuesday um, and face the Celtics there. So uh, two matchups in a row there. Um, completely forgot about that one. So mm-hmm. um, any more thoughts on uh, this upcoming game or uh, the game we just watched before we wrap this episode up? I got to shout out one of my new favorite uh, Born Ready to Pod Pacers Twitter followers, Pizza Guy. So we got Comics Dude, Arius, Pizza Guy, um, Jeremy W. Miller. I just love the cast of, of people that we've accumulated over the years. And Pizza Guy is a new guy that I have my eye on and expect big things from. Pizza Guy. I don't think I've seen him yet. He's, he's in the mentions. Just, just look out for him. All right. Now, one thing I do want to say is the way that Jake has acted the last couple of days uh, with his attitude towards sports and his pessimism, he's really reminded me of Scott, our boy Scott. Oh, boy. What have, I, what have I been pessimistic about? He's just – he just completely – you know, one thing – it could be like a minute into a game yep. and someone doesn't have like a fan duel point and he's like, this guy sucks, get rid of him. Because that's a total <laughs> Scott move. Like his team goes down 2-0 and he's like, sell the team, move them to, you know – Move them to Seattle. Like, All right, to I be fair. To, I, I want to hear this, though. I want to hear – I need to hear that Chris Cook – Chris Cook is calling me a pessimist. 
yeah, I gotta I gotta side with Jake on this one because you did throw out one of the earliest FTTs of all time, Pacers <laughs> over Maybe two minutes into the game, you threw an I FTT mean, on the board immediately. At the, at the very least, it's the pot calling the kettle black. At I the agree. very least. At the I least. gotta say, there's no it's never too early to say FTT. <laughs> um for those that don't know what FTT means, it means explicitive, you know, F word this team. Yeah, um, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting yeah. for someone else to chime in. No, the whole first half we had to watch of the Knicks. He kept saying, I hate this team. I hate watching this team. Hell, God. And now he's calling me a pessimist. Well, I, I was kind of on board with that FTT just because we didn't know what to expect and we didn't come out the gates too hot. So I, I let it slide at the time. But, you know, now looking back, it's, it was one of the earliest FTTs of all time, no <laughs> doubt in my mind. I have a feeling. I have a feeling there's going to be some FTTs thrown around uh, during these two matchups and get the Celtics. Oh, for I, sure. I feel, I feel like it's going to be a hot commodity. You know, FTTs were said tonight against the Bulls. Could have been an opportunity there in the first quarter, not going to lie. Kind of thought about it, um, but I chose not to do so, and it obviously worked out. But I think these next two games, FTD, FTT is definitely going to be in play. Yep, I, I agree. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the podcast we will be back tomorrow with the recap of the Pacers Celtics game and hopefully recapping a Colts win Hawk um gonna be a tough one got two offensive tackles out gonna have to do some shifting around there uh I'm not too optimistic about it now at this point I was thinking about this today how does how does TJ Watt not go in the first round or like a top 15 pick like any average sitting on the couch fan would be pounding their fists saying, take TJ Watt. We know he's good at Wisconsin, his brother in the NFL. And the fact that he's going to wreak havoc on us without our two tackles out, it makes me cry inside a little bit. And that's, that's the one reason we're going to lose this game is because those tackles are out. In my opinion, Hawk Hawk, I'm telling you right now, when you watch this game, you're going to know super early because if those if they can hold up against those zone blitzes. Listen, I, I watch TJ Watt as a Browns fan. I have to watch TJ Watt just absolutely shit fuck me too. <laughs> like, but if you really notice on his, he gets a lot of just wide open, no doubt about it, sacks because of those zone blitzes. I'm telling you right now, I would not move. They were saying they might move Quentin Nelson out to guard or tackle. I wouldn't do it because they get a lot of their stuff off stunts to the inside. You got to have great guard play against the Steelers. You're going to know early on in this game if they can if they can hold up. If they can hold up just a little bit, they're going to have to push the ball down the field because this is what I hate about the Steelers. They play so good man across the board that they're going to take away the crossers that they always run on third down. The Colts run those crossers hard. Mm-hmm. If they can't protect Rivers, and they can't pick up the stunts, it's going to be a very, very long game. But if they can, the Colts have exactly what they need to just beat the shit out of the Steelers. I'm hoping for a Colts beatdown tomorrow. I need it. I want it. As a Browns fan, I need it more than ever. But, you know, it is what it is. I think we'll be okay. I just wouldn't move Quentin Nelson out to tackle. That's just me personally. Yeah, you got to – I think Danny Penter is going to get the start, Ball State boy, so I got to shout him out, uh, looking for big things out of him. But I I expect Reich to establish the run game. These these games, 
these big games like that, that's what he tries to do. He wants them to know that we can hit you in the mouth, and then hopefully that opens up things downfield. And we need T.Y. to just keep having, you know, the late season that he's had, and we'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, this this team just lost to the Bengals, so they can be beat. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, will, I, I last, last comment I'll make, I think you could see Brissett in a little more on second and third – or first and second down – uh, mostly second, third down, but I, I think he really fits what you got to do. You got to lean in the inside run play and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see a little more Brissett tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget the Steelers the last couple weeks and even on the season here recently, at least offensively, not doing much. 17 points in a loss to uh, the Washington football team, 15 points against the Bills and 17 points against the Bengals. So that offense is really struggling right now. Uh, Colts have a top five defense in the league, so we'll see how that plays out. As um, It'll be interesting to see. But one final story here before we wrap up, I do want to say because we're talking football here, and what's kind of what happened in the last last day is last week I went into my fantasy playoffs second round, and uh, I was down by one point. And I had Tyler Boyd in my lineup. So he's good for, you know, the least he's scored in points this year is like seven or eight points. So it was a guaranteed victory. I had a 99% chance of winning. Mm. Uh, mm. I think who's the Bengals starter, Finley? Yep. So Ryan Finley throws that deep ball down the field in the first quarter. Uh, Boyd doesn't come down with the catch, but instead lands on his head, leaves the game in the first quarter with a concussion, no catches, um, and uh, he's out for the game. So that's just the first hit right there is seeing that I lose, I lose in that round by one point. And then this week, Alvin Kamara scores six touchdowns. He's on my team, um, scores 55 fantasy points. It was going to be a guaranteed win for me. Um, just completely devastating week for me. I feel like I should just pull the Trump, the Trump here and just say that I won. Um, maybe, maybe that would be the play here. I'll just say stop the count or something like that. Um, we don't get political on this podcast, but kind of just a joke there. So don't get offended either way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's devastating, man. I'm, I'm very, I'm very pissed. My heart goes out to you. I mean, it's it's yeah. that weekend. It's fantasy championship weekend. I am in one currently. You know, I had Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and thank God, you know, the guy I was going against didn't have Kamara, or I would be I would be in tears right now. So I'm still alive. I haven't checked since we started recording this late game, but I'm looking for four hundred dollars to come my way here here tomorrow or, or Monday. Nice. Well, I'll be wishing you luck on that. Um, but yeah, I figure I had to share that story because it was just very depressing, but yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the born ready to pod podcast. Like I said, we will be back tomorrow night for a Pacers Celtics recap. Hopefully the Pacers improved to three and O on the season. Um, but either way you'll hear from us right after the game. Appreciate you guys listening and we will talk to you tomorrow. See ya. All right.